Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. I just got back from London. I had my two shows there. And I apologize for the podcast delays and gaps. I'm sure I've lost some listeners because I have not been regular. That sounds like I'm talking about my menstrual cycle, but you know what I mean. And I've really been in a bubble this year. And when I say bubble, I just mean I've kept to myself and spoken to, you know, my lifelong close friends, people that I've known for years, literally five people. That's about it. And my family, my parents. But outside of that, I really haven't done a good job of contacting people or keeping in touch just because it's been intense. It takes everything out of me to perform at these shows because it gives me so much anxiety. It gives me so much anxiety to the point where, you know, my mom, she's like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? And it's because I love it. I love doing it. But right before a show, I'm just a ball of nuts. And then when I'm not going to a show, I'm either visiting my family in Miami or doing other work things in New York. And so I'm barely in Arizona. But when I am in Arizona, I'm just going to keep it real with you. I'm not well. I'm not well when I'm here. I have not adjusted. I will be moving. I don't do well when I'm in Arizona. My allergies are just awful. I have severe sinus congestions, migraines, my bones hurt. And I think that's just because I'm so used to moisture and being hydrated and humidity that it's just a shock to my system. Being here is a shock. And I just, my body can't take it. And I, I'm not here for much time during the year, quite frankly, but I, I don't like it here. And I apologize if I've offended anybody who listens, who lives in Arizona. It's just not for me. Everyone has been extremely kind. But at this phase in my life, I knew this was temporary and I knew this wasn't going to be my permanent home and I am moving. But at this phase, stage in my life, I just want to be around my family and my friends. That's all I want. And so when I'm here, it's it's just a buzzkill. You know, it is what it is. I'm from a big city. 
It feels like a town here. And I knew all of this would happen. My husband knew this would happen, but we did this, you know, together for two years for his career. But it's time to move on. I will be moving back east. But that's another reason there's just been delays and I just don't feel good when I'm here physically. My health, on top of all the traveling, it's just not where it should be. You know, I'm I'm used to being energetic. I'm used to moving and feeling good. Even when I'm depressed, I've told you guys my baseline is depressed and I'm good. I, I love life, but that is my baseline. But when I'm here, I, I just I just want to stay in bed. I, I, I can't move. I feel lethargic. It's just something in the air here, something here. The dust, I don't know. It just doesn't agree with me. And my friends, my close friends, my family, obviously my husband, we all know this. My husband has the same situation. We're totally in sync. He's getting allergies and migraines as well. On a high note, though, it was such a cool experience for both of us because we had both never been here. And it was a great place to start our life together without any interference from anyone. Like, we don't know anyone here. I mean, now we know so many people. Everyone here has been so lovely. I make it sound like I'm in prison or something. That's not the case. I actually live in a very, very nice place. I, it's very bougie. I, I can't complain. It's very nice. And everyone who does visit me, so grateful for my friends who have come from Florida to come see me. I've had so many visitors. It's, it's amazing when I'm not touring or I'm not in Miami, when I'm here, someone's always visiting me and it's fantastic. But they're like, what is your problem? Like, this place is amazing, but it's not home. That's the problem. It's not home. And I knew it wasn't going to be home, but I also didn't know that, you know, I wouldn't adjust, you know, my health, my body. I just don't feel good when I'm here. And I know it sounds like an excuse, but in three years of recording this podcast, I never missed a day until the comedy tour, obviously this March, and since I moved here. And I now I'm looking back, I'm like, what is it? I just don't feel good. I just don't feel good physically when I'm here. It is what it is. And I did that um, astro cartography. For those of you who don't know, astro cartography is when you look up your chart and you find out where the key planets are on the world map. And you can see where you would thrive in the world. And of course, you know me, like astrology pro. I did that as soon as I knew we were moving here. And we made that decision together. As soon as I knew, I thought, let me look it up. And it said precisely all of this. It said, like, I wouldn't do well here. And, you know, I'd feel isolated from friends and family. And all of that is true because I'm, you know, in Arizona. It's a fucking island. Like, I think the only international destinations are Mexico and London. Like, I'm not used to that. You know, I'm a big city girl. It's a schlep every time I have to go somewhere, which I think contributed to just me feeling like shit all the time. 
most of this year because flying five and a half hours back and forth weekly just took its toll on me. And so I knew this would happen. I did the astrocartography and the places I've known that I would thrive in, you know, it's New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, although I I would never live in Massachusetts. Never say never, but not for me. And I think Greenland, of course, that's that's where I would thrive apparently. Not going to live there, but you know, of course my charts like go live in fucking Greenland, but in Miami, it says I'd be in a meditative state. And that's really funny because when I am in Miami and most of my life, I've always been introspective. And if you've listened to past episodes of mine, you know, I'm always having an existential crisis and I try to stay busy to avoid those thoughts, which is why I say my baseline is depression because the thought of leaving this planet and never seeing my family and friends again, just it just has never sit right with me, even since I was a child. Like, it's just always in the back of my head. And those do, those thoughts do enter my mind a lot when I'm in Miami and I do meditate and go to yoga. And I'm really into, you know, walking and health when I'm in Miami. So it makes total sense. I've looked up other places because, of course, I just came back from London and I'm like, could I live in London? And it was like, nope, you you will not thrive in London. I looked up L.A. for shits and giggles, even though the West Coast isn't for me. And, of course, wouldn't thrive there either. And, you know, I even looked up Dubai and Doha because I recently went to those places. And I'll talk about that in the other episodes coming up. And I would apparently thrive there. I'd receive success and recognition if I lived in Dubai or Doha, which is interesting. So I just got back from London. I had two sold-out shows there, which I still can't believe. And wow, the London crowd, they were lit, guys. I mean, if I'm going to talk about the entire tour and which crowds were the most lit... I'm going to keep it real. New York, New Jersey, Philly, and London. Raleigh was great because they were ratchet and, you know, they took me out after. I mean, I go out after every show, but Raleigh was just lit, as in it was a good time after the show. But I'm talking about just audiences that are loud and make the whole entire experience just that much more fun. I'm going to say New York, New Jersey, Philly, and Raleigh. San Jose and Irvine, they were awesome. Those shows were sold out, but they were kind of, you know, it's a bougie crowd. Like, they're laughing, but it's like a light giggle. But New York, New Jersey, Philly, and London, wow. Like, the energy is just unmatched. And I'm going to give myself a break before I go back on tour to just hunker down and really decide what it is I want to do with this. And by this, I mean comedy because I'm in my soft girl era and I always keep it real with you guys. It's great and there is an ROI here. But the most money I've ever made was through my businesses, through my online business. I 
did not make money doing family karma. I mean, yeah, money was made, but nothing to write home about. And yeah, same with comedy. Yeah, there's money, but you know, it's not that much. And so I'm just thinking, do I go back to my roots, which is businesswoman? You know, it's what I do best. And is there a world where I can do it all? And by do it all, I don't mean like do it all in the way you hear it. Like, oh, I'm going to do it all in life. I mean, do it all in the career part of my life, as in, can I be in fashion, create design clothes, be a comedian, develop new products? You know, that's at the core of what I love to do. That's the reason I pitched the show, obviously, was to showcase Indian culture on TV. But the second part of all of that was to sell clothes. I wanted to be a designer and learned pretty quickly that, okay, this isn't the route. Like reality TV isn't going to sell my clothes for me. It's a different day. It's a different time. The pandemic changed everything. Streaming changed everything. When my TikToks and my reels or whatever are getting more views than the actual show, there's clearly a disconnect. And that's, you know, when I was like, okay, I also need to find a husband because I want a life partner and then took time to do that. And I'm so thankful I did because I can honestly say to this day, at this point, sitting here on the couch, my husband's the best thing that happened to me. He is so supportive. He came to London with me. It was incredible. And everyone met him and everyone, I love how all the curlies hit on him. They literally hit on him at my shows. I mean, he's come to two, but whenever we're out and about, like everyone hits on him and I actually find it adorable and charming. And if you know, you know me, my husband has been trained. He he just stands there. Like he's not moving. He's not reacting. He's not smiling back. He's just standing next to me <laughs> because he knows better because he has a brain. We got back from London and after my first show in London, we had the best time. I mean, my friends from Spain had come. You know, I have a best friend living in Spain who I did my MBA with in UM, University of Miami. And we've been friends for 16 years now, like one of my closest friends. And she lives in Spain. She came with a bunch of girlfriends to my show and they're a bougie group. And so we had done all the bougie things earlier. And then we, you know, went to my show and we had the best time. I swear to God, it was Nazar. For those of you who don't know, Nazar is evil eye, like bad vibes, like bad juju. And so after my show, we were waiting for an Uber and our friend had told us, you know, be careful with your phone in Europe. Like people are just snatching phones. And that's just bizarre from a, an American standpoint, because that's like 2006 crime, like when the iPhone came out, like you were swiping iPhones. Like in America, people are like, I have the 16. Like, what's the 15? Like, I'm already on the 16. Like, that's where we're at. Like, even the homeless person has an iPhone. It's not a big deal here. And I still don't know how that works either because it's an expensive phone. Like, it's a $1,500 phone. Like, I don't know how everyone in America has one, but you you get the gist. It's not a big deal here. It's like mainstream. But in Europe, apparently you can get a lot of money for iPhones and people are still rocking like 
old phones, you know? And so I had told him, like, don't put your phone out. And I travel with a chain on my phone. So yeah, I've been doing that for years, like for a decade now. And of course, it's now midnight and we're waiting for our Uber. And I'm like, babe, put your phone away. And as soon as I said that, I kid you not, three seconds later, three seconds later, a man comes swooshing by on a motorized bicycle with a helmet and swipes my husband's phone right from his hands. And yeah, that was that. Was that that kind of set the tone for the rest of the trip. And the next day I, I had my show. We went to the Apple store, we went to two Apple stores, never been to the Apple store at Harrods. So that was interesting. That was cool. That was fun. Went to the Apple store and then realized UK Apple Care is not the same as US Apple Care. And so we couldn't get a phone and found out you cannot buy an iPhone in Europe and return it in America. You know, because we're like, what if we just get a temporary phone? You know, what if they don't have the 15 terabyte? And that wasn't an option. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And, and so, because we're millennials... <laughs> We changed our ticket and we came back three days early. We were supposed to go to Paris. And a lot of our friends told us Paris is worse. And if anyone's been to Paris recently, let me know. I was talking to my other friend, Raj, the other day who had just come from Paris and London. And he said, it's the pits, you know. And by worse and the pits, I just mean it's it's just a situation now where there are so many homeless people everywhere and people are just robbing anything. And that's a shame because it was not the case 10 years ago. I don't know what's happening in the world. Feels like the same thing is happening everywhere. And, you know, that was that. But we had the best time ever in London. It was nice. But I did notice that everywhere we went, everywhere we went, there were just Arab men. Arab men at high tea at Harrods, Arab men at high tea at the Prada Cafe, Arab men at Annabelle's, which is a private club we were invited to. And I was just wondering, like, okay, why is it only like Arab men? Like, where's everyone else? And I was talking to, you know, one of the locals and they're like, oh, well, those are the only people that can now afford London. You know, they come from Qatar or United Arab Emirates or Saudi or wherever, and they come and they spend their coin, honey. They're walking out of Hermes with, you know, bags 
and bags of Birkins and belts and scarves and God knows what else. But they're walking in there with like money to blow. And that makes total sense because just like America now, you know, the minimum wage and what people are getting paid in our countries were supposedly called first world countries. It's not enough. People can't pay rent, let alone enjoy the fun activities of the holidays. Like, you know, I, I'm someone that enjoys a high tea when I'm in London. You know, it's something I splurge on. And that's probably something I like to do even when I'm in New York. I like to go to the Ritz-Carlton, you know, during the holidays and have a high tea there. But now, even locals can't afford those things. And so what you're seeing are foreigners, you know, foreigners with money. You see it in Miami. The locals in Miami, they're not going to these hoity-toity places. You know, Art Basel, the locals, they can't afford to go. The people that are going to these events, like the Instagram events that you see, like Formula One, unless, you know, one of my friends has a corporate pass or something, like, no, the people that are going are the wealthy. Before, you know, anyone could kind of save up and go. That's not the case anymore in a lot of countries. And it was interesting to see that even in the UK, that the local British person is at home. You know, the people spending money in London are coming from abroad to enjoy the holidays and then go back to their own countries. And in the same way, I've seen New York City kind of deteriorate. And I've said this before, I, I lived in the best years of New York City, right? Like 2011 to 2017, and obviously went there many times throughout my childhood because my dad is a textile distributor and it's the garment center of the world, especially in the 90s and the 80s. It was where everything happened, you know, and that's where fashion happens. And the same thing is happening now, you know, in Europe, you know, what's happening in New York. It's just the deterioration of things because people aren't getting paid their worth and there's no money. And so what you see is people can't afford things and that ruins the economy, which in turn, you know, leads to crime and so on and so forth. This isn't a political podcast. And so I had the best time. Definitely a core lifelong memory. The first time performing in London in Soho Theater. Like, what? Like, who are you? I don't even know sometimes. And so I'm just trying to figure out what am I going to do with that? Because I do want to continue my businesses as well and just trying to figure out how to make it all work. And that's that's going to take a minute. I'm going to spend the first quarter of the year, God willing, the new year, to do that, you know, to really lay things out and figure out how to maneuver it all and possibly throw in a kid in the mix. Still TBD there too. Like there's so many things. All good things, first world problems, but a lot to think about. Definitely a lot to think about. And since I've been in this space now in comedy, I have noticed that the people that seem to get opportunities, that seem to thrive in this space are men. 
right? And we always knew that in kind of every field in life for a woman trying to do anything in any space. But I was a fan of Matt Reif, who is a TikTok comedian. And I followed him in the pandemic. I thought he was hilarious. Followed him on IG and didn't go see him because I'm interested in millennial comedy. And I'd say comedians who have a relatable story to me. And I'm a person of color. So generally, you know, probably South Asian comedians or, you know, African-American or Black comedians, those are people I'm generally geared toward. You know, that that's the story I relate to. And I think at the end of the day, we all want to be relatable or feel like someone can relate to us. And so that's where our money goes. And so I didn't think much of it when his Netflix special came out. And so I thought, let me watch. And then, of course, found out, you know, he made a joke about domestic violence. And a lot of comedians make these kinds of jokes. You know, I grew up before cancel culture, where I was watching Showtime Presents. I was like nine, watching like Russell Peters and Chris Rock and, you know, Eddie Murphy, like raw, all of these people watching their comedy and cackling being like in elementary school, which was probably inappropriate, but they did it with skill, right? You still laughed and you kept it moving, but this Matt Reif guy apparently hates women and his audience, you know, which is all women. I guess he didn't think it was cool enough to have a female demo. And so he releases this Netflix special. And I'm surprised. Actually, am I surprised that Netflix gave this the green light? No, because look at all their specials. It's all like white men, right? Because everyone's like, oh, you should be on Netflix. Like, first of all, it would be an honor. Uh, Second of all, they don't know who I am. And third of all, based on their roster and who they seem to give specials to, like, you need a dick. Like, you need a dick to be on there for the most part. You know, they'll sprinkle in a female here or there. I get it. But yeah, that's that's my stance on that. But I saw this special and I couldn't finish it. And I and I love watching comedy specials. Like the reason I started watching comedy specials, the new ones, right? Because I, I grew up watching comedy specials, but then the new ones aren't that great, but my husband loves watching them. And so we were watching it and we couldn't get through it because it was just uncomfortable to watch. And he's so funny on TikTok, this Matt Reif guy. So I'm like, I don't know what happened, you know? And I was rooting for him. Like, I think we all were on IG and even commented when his special came out. I mean, he doesn't know I exist, but it's just sad to see that that's what you did with your opportunity. But he'll keep thriving because that's that's what happens. A lot of these white men, they just keep thriving, right? Like they keep getting specials. And the beauty of today, 2023, is you can carve your own path. You know, you can you can do your own thing. You don't really need a network or a streamer. You can create your own social media presence and kick ass and take it from there, which is kind of what I've done. And I own all my shit. You know, I don't I don't report to anybody. I don't listen to anybody. I don't have to do things I don't want to do. I just, you know, I I work for myself. 
But yeah, uh, what else happened this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How did I even forget? Okay, so <laughs> I am working with Laser Away. This is not sponsored, by the way, for the podcast. Not sponsored. I'm working with Laser Away on a campaign on social media, and I'm lasering my entire bottom half. My legs and my hoo-ha, basically a Brazilian, like my asshole, like everything. There is nothing more humiliating than spreading your ass cheeks for someone, whether it's getting a wax or to get zapped for laser. And I just wanted to talk about that briefly because as women, the things we have to do, like you're giving birth and unless you're having a C-section, you have to spread your legs open. And then if you're removing hair in your asshole, you got to spread your cheeks open. Like, when does it end? It's just constant, like, spreading and humiliation. Like, that's what I was thinking while I was getting my asshole zapped. I was like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing it because I want to be hairless. And 10 years ago, I lasered my entire arms and underarms. And I barely have any hair on my legs or my hoo-ha because I've waxed for so many years. But I don't know if you've seen those older ladies that have waxed. They've waxed their upper lip for years. And now they have like those wrinkle lines on their skin above their lip. And I'm wondering, like, does that happen to your vagina? Like, does that happen to the vagine? I've never asked an older woman. Does it all like hang around down there towards the end of it all? I don't know, but I've threaded my upper lip for years now because I don't want those wrinkle lines on my upper lip. But I'm currently in the process of lasering my Brazilian area. And it's interesting. It's just interesting and humiliating all at the same time. And it hurts. It hurts to get zapped in your asshole. Like, no one talks about it. And it hurts less for me because I've waxed for so many years. But I can't imagine, like, people that are new and have not waxed down there and just straight shaving and going to get lasered. Like, that must hurt like a motherfucker. Like, that must hurt so much. Oh, and before I leave, one more thing. I'm a nickel in London. Like, I'm I'm pretty good looking, you know, here in London. I'm a nickel, okay? Everyone at my show in London was so fashionable, so put together. I mean, you guys really put out all the stops for me. Everyone in London is a dime to the point where I had to ask, like, why are you guys so good looking? And they were like, it's because we care about fashion and we take care of ourselves. Like, yeah, duh, clearly. We've become this lazy society in America. You know, we wear sweats and t-shirts and leggings, and I'm part of that as well. And then you go to London and people are dressed so well. You know, they're not wearing sweatpants. They're wearing, like, coats and, you know, gorgeous, like, dresses. And even the men, you know, like, they're just so put together. And here we're in our puffers. It's fucking cold. Like, I'm not suffering in cold weather, which I'm not. You know, it's cold. It's cold. I'm wearing a puffer jacket. Like, I don't care if it's hideous. 
the coat days are gone. I have so many beautiful coats, but they don't keep you warm. Okay. But in London, like, I don't know how they're doing it. They're just thriving in their coats and their scarves and walking around in heels. Like, wow. I wish, I wish that I had it in me and I'd like to. But even here though, like, I don't know about you, but when I have dressed up and then you're overdressed. And as my mom says, because my mom's decked out every day, like to the gods, glamazon daily, she's like, who cares about everyone else? But I don't, I don't have that confidence. I'm not there yet in life. I'm confident in my looks and carrying myself and my personality, but to be in a ball gown, like at Publix, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. And speaking of Publix, I'm spending the holidays in Miami at home. We'll be at home. It's going to be fabulous. My brother and my sister are going to be there. And it's tough when you no longer live in your hometown. And when you are there, you want to spend time with your family. And so it's hard to see friends because there really isn't time to see friends. And that's that's going to be something I'm going to have to figure out because I really want to spend time with my family and I don't think I have time to see my friends there, but we'll see. We'll try, we'll try to make it all happen. Again, first world problems. And I guess this episode was a weird way of me apologizing for not being regular on the podcast and not dropping the episode weekly because as good as my life has been this year, thank God, I just haven't been myself. I am mentally holding it together because the tour took a lot out of me and physically holding it together because I'm drained, I'm exhausted, and I don't feel good. And so I apologize. And I'm hoping next year we will begin season four of this podcast, which is unreal. That will be going on four years. And I I hope you listen. I hope you don't go away. And I hope you enjoy listening. And please, again, spread the word, like and subscribe, write a review, all of this, you know, and I'm here for the long haul. Thank you. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chat.